what I'm about to say. Hey. I thought you were starting. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Shelby. And this is Courtney. And thanks for joining us today on All Things Macabre. Here on All Things Macabre, we discuss all the things under the topic of odd, weird, true crime, supernatural, and fiction. This podcast contains language and content that is not suitable for all listeners, so listener discretion is advised. If you find a topic we are discussing interesting, we encourage you to do some research on your own. You never know what you may learn. We are just a couple of old friends telling each other stories that we find interesting. And hoping that you'll enjoy and laugh along with us. Through some stories that are weird, true, or fictional that will just make you say, What the fuck? And now, for the fun part. Hey, have you been doing, Courtney? I'm tired. I'm not even gonna lie. I am tired. But I'm okay. Today I'm okay. What about you? I'm alright, just doing the same old thing. Working, going home. Nothing else to really do. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, when we're not working, we're doing this. Yeah. Well, I did find out that Sarah Boone's trial mm-hmm. got pushed back even more. So it's going to be, yes, I believe her pre-trial is January 17th and her trial is, I believe, January 30th or 31st of 2023. Okay. So it's getting shoved off again. When was it originally supposed to be again? Oh, I don't even know. This happened remember. February 2020. That's right. I just didn't know what, what we had originally said the date was, if you remembered. Well, it's about to be National Turkey Day. Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving, and we also want to recognize the National Day of Mourning. Seems appropriate. Yes. So, I hope you all travel safely to your destinations and enjoy eating lots of good food. I know I'm planning on eating a Thanksgiving dinner. I think you are too. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I mean, I'll be honest, my favorite part is the day after, aka Black Friday, only because I'm a shopaholic and (laughs) Christmas decorations go on sale right before Christmas does happen. I like the turkey sandwiches the next day. True. You can't pass up the next day turkey sandwich with some mayonnaise on it. That is... That is... (laughs) <laughs> very true facts i don't know about you but i think my favorite thing is cranberry sauce i've never been big on cranberry what? sauce yeah i had a feeling you were gonna say that you know you and i have never celebrated thanksgiving together no i don't think we have i may come down this year though and grab a couple pieces of pie or something <laughs> a couple pieces of pie <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm a fat ass <laughs> So, what do you remember originally being taught in school about Thanksgiving? So, we mean in school, like elementary school? Yeah, originally. When you were a kid. The first time you were ever introduced to Thanksgiving. Christopher Columbus. And I remember, what is it, the Nina, the Pinta, is that how you say it? The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Yeah, yeah. Then the Mayflower. And Pilgrims. Alright. Oh, well. (laughs) So it's the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, right? Yeah. 
and the Mayflower. I remember the Mayflower being involved and pilgrims. And the pilgrims went to what Christopher Columbus supposedly discovered, the New World. And they went to go see it to see what it was all about. And then they had met the Native Americans there who were already living there. And they kind of asked them what their cultural like norm norm is does that make sense kind of like how they live their daily life yeah and the native americans were like sure you got you guys are new here and so they all had a big feast and they kind of taught each other like the pilgrims taught the native americans their background and the native americans taught the pilgrims their background that makes sense and i just remember this picture of everybody sitting at, at like a table and of course it's been in various creations or you know depending on what if you're watching a movie or like reading a book about it whenever you were in elementary school but yeah it, it still involves like the indians and the pilgrims sitting together or sorry the native americans and the pilgrims sitting together and having a feast yeah that's pretty much how it said columbus discovered the new world pilgrims came on the mayflower at plymouth rock and settled and the indians helped them learn how to live off the land they had a big feast they all got along had fun and everything was all great and dandy they lived happily ever after right Supposedly. That's, I mean, that's what we all do. We have the little kindergarten skits where we dress up as <laughs> pilgrims in the black hats with the big yes. buckles and Indians with feathers sticking out of our heads. I think and... I was always a pilgrim. I don't think I ever did it. I might have done it. I don't remember. If so, I was probably an Indian. I think it was like kindergarten related type things. But, but yeah, it was a long time ago. I wouldn't yeah. do it now, honestly. No, no. First of all, the first Thanksgiving that is linked to the story that you've heard was in 1621. Christopher Columbus sailed in 1492, uh, it had nothing to do with Columbus. Uh, it wasn't even an official holiday until 1941, and many Native Americans actually see Thanksgiving as a national day of mourning and have since 1970, officially. And that's why you had mentioned that. Yes. I think, you know, beginning of this about naming it, or saying that it's also known as. It is also known as, and I do recognize that, Absolutely. So, let's just talk about Columbus a little. I I can't go too far into Columbus because I think I'm going to save that for next year around Columbus Day. And we're going to talk about why I will never celebrate Columbus Day. Okay. Just a little bit. Everyone knows that the American way of life began when Columbus founded America, selling three ships from Spain in search of a faster route for trade to India. He was going to bring back gold and spices to Spain that he was going to find, and there was a big storm that came while he was trying to cross the sea, and he shot way off course, went way west. He actually ended up landing in in what is known as now the Bahamas, the Caribbean islands. What is known today as Bahamas, Cuba, Haiti... And then he returned back to Spain in 1493, bringing captured natives with him, claiming that he had reached Asia. So, this motherfucker lied. So, he landed in the the Bahamas, the (laughs) Bahamas, and said that it was... He was in the Bahamas, but he thought he was in Asia. Yes. He's way off. He is way off. On later voyages, he refused to acknowledge that the lands he visited were not part of Asia, even though he had mounting evidence pointing otherwise on all of his trips. And he actually was never in North America. When he first made landfall, he wrote letters to King Ferdinand in Spain saying, They are so artless and free with all they possess, and that no one would believe it without having seen it. 
of anything they have, if you ask them for it, they never say no. Rather, they invite the person to share it and show how much love as if they're giving their hearts. So he's saying that these natives that he's running into on these shores that he's finding, mm-hmm. he's saying that they, they will share with you anything that you ask for. Instead of just being selfish, they're like, oh, hi, you're new here. Let me yeah. take you under our wing and kind of show you how the how we live. Absolutely. Let's let's teach you our ways. Let's give you water. Make sure you have food. If you ask for anything, we will share it with you. So they were very, very giving. I was going to say, it's really nice. They always made sure they had water and food. And then Columbus writes about how he's amazed about their lack of weaponry and they had no knowledge of a sword. They took a sword by the edge and cut themselves out of ignorance, he said. That's well, because they didn't know any better. No, absolutely not. Like, if you hand someone fire that's never dealt with fire, they're going to burn themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you teach things. They're going to want to touch it because they've never seen it before, so I'm sure that's what they had done with the swords. And And then they're just going to let them do it and then laugh about it and be like, oh, these guys are idiots. They don't even know how to handle a fucking sword. Such assholes. Yeah, well, it gets worse. So then he writes, should your majesties command it, all of the inhabitants could be taken away to Castile, which is in Spain, or made slaves on the island. With 50 men, we could subjugate them all and make them do whatever we want. Like, these dudes are giving you everything, and you're like, dude, with only 50 men, we can take these motherfuckers, make them do whatever we want. I don't understand why this is just a norm since the beginning of time in a way of, you know, somebody has to walk out and puff out their chest and be like, I'm the one in charge here. I'm the man. Yeah, like, and, and I mean, he would take some of these natives as slaves. And that's what I was going to say. Why, why do we have to take somebody else and turn them into our slave? I don't understand. I don't understand. Just pure laziness. So since he said that he had found a quicker route to East Asia, he got funded for three more trips, and the king and queen told him to endeavor to win over the inhabitants and treat them very well and lovingly and abstain from doing them any injury. They clearly said, they clearly said, do not cause any harm to these people. Be loving to them. Treat them very well. And he said, fuck that. He's going to do whatever he wanted. On his trips, he would require offering of gold from natives every three months. And if they didn't bring him gold, he would chop off their arms and leave them to bleed to death. What? Yeah. Like, this dude was a fucking prick. This was Christopher Columbus. Yeah, he he commanded this stuff. And we were told that he was supposed to be, you know, like the... Some national fucking Cool guy who, you know, discovers all these things. And we're supposed to be thankful for this magical place that he found. And that's where we live at today. And so we should be very thankful of this man. Yeah, and he's a fucking prick. He gets even worse. That's why I said I'm going to have to do a whole fucking hour on this guy. Maybe longer. There's so much about this guy I hate. He was actually so awful to the Spanish colonists under his rule that one man under Columbus said that he saw swords ripping through people, beheadings, dogs being let loose to eat people alive, rape, and Columbus's loyal lieutenants, well, they were rewarded with native women, even under the age of 10, that they could just rape whenever they want. I wish people could see my face as you're talking about this. It's very shocking. 
I, I, wow, I don't know what to say. And I'm laughing only because it's nervous laughter. It's not that I find it funny. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. I mean, how does this dude get celebrated? I mean, so, some of the other stuff I found out was actually, he might not have even been Italian. He might have been born in Portugal. Really? In Genova, actually, I believe. But yeah, he's, he may have been a Portuguese spy. We're unsure of that. There is some DNA testing in the, Works and stuff. I watched some interesting shit on it recently. The more you know. The more you know. So basically, this dude taking these slaves and sex slaves and stuff, he basically started the transatlantic sex slave trade and, well, slave trade in general with women, girls as young as nine years old. I don't know what to say. Nine years old. He never landed in North America. He never stepped foot in North America. In fact, it's more likely that Leif Erikson founded North America. Also, I found out that he was uh, given credit for discovering chocolate. What? And chocolate had been around for a while before he had found... Not, like, this dude just takes credit for everything. <laughs> Why are we still celebrating this motherfucker? I No. No. We only celebrate it to make the Italians happy or whatever. Look, he's not even Italian, I don't think. He didn't even speak Italian. I found out that the only anything Italian he ever did was a poem. And it wasn't even his fucking poem. He ripped it off someone else. Of course he did. So, why are we celebrating this dude? It's absolutely absurd. So, let's get off Columbus. Save that for another day. Let's get back to the first Thanksgiving, 129 years after Columbus died. Thanksgiving has been celebrated for many years previous to celebrate first harvest of the season, and it had been happening since at least the 1500s, including two well-argued first Thanksgivings of America. One of those is in 1598 near El Paso, Texas, and another is in 1564 near Jacksonville, Florida. The Pilgrims, however, uh, it was to give thanks in a religious way. So the one that we hear about is a more religious background. That's what we spread through our nation. So the Pilgrims were looking for religious freedom from England and sailed on the Mayflower with 102 passengers. But only 41 of them were actually Pilgrims. And they actually weren't Pilgrims, they were Puritans, but I'll touch on that in a minute. The other passengers aboard were actually known as the Strangers. The Strangers. The Strangers. They went to Holland. They had complete religious freedom. They seemed to be looking for a new place to live and express themselves more freely, though, not just having that freedom, but kind of pull their lifestyle into their own community. And it was kind of proven hard to do in Holland, so they left to go to the New World, where they landed at Plymouth Rock. Well, actually, they didn't land at Plymouth Rock. They landed at Tippecape Cod, and a month later went to Plymouth Rock. But anyway, Plymouth Rock is about the size of a sofa. It weighs about 10 tons, and I've actually seen reviews. It is known as the most boring and unimpressive tourist attraction, according to visitors. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking rock the size of a fucking that's sofa tiny. that's like I, yeah it's only 10 tons look i that's not that big really I, and they got like this big platform built up around it so you can look down at this rock it's not impressive so there is actually no historical evidence to say that they landed at that rock 
A month before they landed there, they actually, like I said, landed at Cape Cod. But due to the rough waters, they moved and repositioned at Plymouth Rock because they could get a better lay on the land. So. so, on this trip, no one actually mentioned Plymouth Rock. It wasn't until 121 years after the landing in 1741, this old dude that was part of a church named Thomas Founts claimed that his dad wasn't an original pilgrim on the Mayflower. He said, my father told me they landed at Plymouth Rock. And that was it. Really? That, that was how Plymouth Rock became a thing. My dad said, is how Plymouth Rock became a national monument that's the cornerstone of how the New World started, someone said. So, nothing actually proves it was the first stepping stone into America as we know it today. It's just there. Not to mention that the first colony that was actually established was in 1607 in Jamestown, Virginia. And that was only after the failed attempt of the Roanoke Colony in Virginia in 1583. The first colony had already been successfully established for 14 years before the Pilgrims came. In fact, they were supposed to land in Virginia, and the colony that was already established was supposed to help them out and get them, you know, off to their own little area to mm -hmm. settle. But the storm shifted the course north, and that's how they landed in Cape Cod. So that's whenever they were like, oh, well, you know, this trip was paid for and agreed upon by the company in Virginia and in uh, England. So since we didn't land where we were supposed to land, we're free to do what the fuck we want. So, mutiny became, became a thing on the ship, and that's how the, the Puritans were like, oh shit, we need to get this under control before it gets too out of hand, so let's draw up this, I think it was like a 200 word draft, it's the Mayflower Compact. Okay, I've um, heard of that before. That's, this is how the Mayflower Compact became a thing. Huh. So, okay. so it was more or less two, or um, maybe more than two grown adult men were like, I want to be the boss. No, I want to be the boss. And then finally, no, basically, somebody... I'm just not going to listen to anybody. I'm going to do my own thing for my own survival. That's what I'm worried about, my own survival. My own survival. So okay. I mean, everyone was going to be out for themselves. So the non-Puritans were going to use their own liberty for no one had power to command them since they would not be settling in the agreed-upon Virginia territory. And the Puritans were like, all right, well, let's establish our own government then, still affirming allegiance to the crown of England. It's, uh, the whole Mayflower Compact was basically just written like a prayer. It was considered a social contract to create peace and principles necessary to form Plymouth, including the colonists living in accordance to the Christian faith. Hmm. So... Here again is where the pilgrims tie into Christianity, which is where Thanksgiving ties into it. Okay. Full circle. However, I really want to straighten something out real quick. The definition of a pilgrim, according to dictionary.com, is a person who journeys, especially a long distance, to some sacred place as an act of religious devotion. These Puritans and the strangers that left England were on a quest of coming to the New World to settle and have their freedom and way of life. The strangers were just people that would create commerce in the area and provide skills, and they would help establish a settlement. These weren't actually pilgrims, and they also didn't wear black clothes and big-ass buckles on their hats and <laughs> shit. They, there were a lot of reports of them wearing bright colors like red and blue, green, orange, yellow... In fact, the governor, the one that sold the Mayflower over here, the captain of the ship or whatever, William Bradford, he became the governor of Plymouth. 
And he was known for wearing a colorful hat and a red suit and a purple cloak. And I actually found a picture that we can put up on social media with it. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Basically, everything you grew up thinking that was true about Thanksgiving was a fucking lie. The whole thing. So, it was the indigenous Wampanoag people that helped the first wave of Puritans in 1621, helping them learn to plant crops, fish, hunt wild game, and survive the elements. Other colonies had created bonds with other tribes, causing the English settlements to pick sides with the natives whenever they would fight amongst each other. Alright, so in this area, the Pequot tribe was the dominant tribe in that, like, Connecticut area, trading with the English and Dutch colonists, but they were fighting amongst the two other tribes. Colonists were talking about which tribes they were allied with, and 90 colonists decided to partner up with about 200 natives to ambush the Pequot village. They were obviously met with resistance, so a captain ordered for the entire village to be set on fire and to shoot anyone who tried to climb the fences to escape. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we just slaughtered them. 400 to 700 people were killed, wiping out the tribe. Most of the tribe that did survive were sold into slavery. So this actually became known as the Mystic Massacre. Again, this was in 1637. So why were we never told about any of this before? Like why? Because it makes us look bad. Because it's the truth. It's his story. It's what it's what the victor writes. His story. I got you. Yes, <laughs> his story. So, hey, you're onto something there. <laughs> I, I think it's actually more well known than you think. I mean, well, maybe. Well, we've already established I'm not the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> but you know, it's whoever whoever's victorious, whoever is looked at as victorious, are the ones that write. Isn't it Lizzo who says truth hurts and her song? I, I believe it is. So you I know, I believe it is. So, yeah, we're, we were never told about this. And this massacre actually shifted the power of the lands from the natives to the English colonists. And this was the first mention of a Thanksgiving, 16 years after the landing at Plymouth, for the conquest, leaving the ability to expand their occupation of the lands easier. So, of course, it was easier for them to occupy the land there was because they took... There. Exactly. They took if they weren't control. wiped out by a disease that they brought, they were wiped out by them or the other tribes. That's such an asshole, like, related thing. But, I mean, even when they touch on the part about the disease and everything, you don't learn that until, like, late high school. And then yeah. they just briefly cover it about, you know, like, well, this is when this disease happened. And this is when, the, in this era, yeah. this is when this is all happened. But you don't, that's all you hear. It's just like a sugar-coated version of what really happened. Absolutely. We're just going to hit the high spots and say, you know, this time everybody got sick and it killed a bunch of people. And it's okay. Because then we repopulated and then this sickness came around and wiped out this amount of people and then we just repopulated and then but we don't good. hear about these massacres i mean not not for real the only thing that i ever really remember is um the boston tea party when they had like the snowball oh, fight yeah that, yeah which i mean has nothing to do with this but i you yeah. know that's what i'm saying it's just like that's really the only massacre i ever really like remember learning in grade because school. they sugarcoat anything with native americans because they feel like this is our land and this is where we as our generation is realizing this stuff Need to step up and say, "Hey, I'm not going to stand for this anymore." Do you think we may... did something wrong in the past? Which I will say, that's something else that I eventually want to touch on is like the understated, unrecognized amount of indigenous women who just disappear and nothing ever is looked into it because they're indigenous. And I mean, that is a very current problem. I think that 
we as in the current age of people who are leaders for the younger people, we should continue to speak the truth and actually give credit where credit is due to the people who were here way before our white asses came along. And rip it away from the (laughs) motherfuckers that don't deserve it. Yes. But, I mean, as you see, history has a way of repeating itself right now, and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's still just ridiculous. My tangent's over, I promise. I'm getting off my soapbox now. I'll let you have back at it. Well, you remember Squanto, right? You remember hearing about Squanto? Mm-hmm. The Indian that could speak English? Mm-hmm. Well, he was a friend of the pilgrims. He could speak enough English to act as a translator. I think it's interesting. I wonder when he taught, like, how, who taught him English? Well, you're going to learn. Oh. A little bit. Oh, okay. Well, perfect segue then. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he was born in 1585, and he was actually a kidnap victim from 1605 at about 20 years old, where he was taken to Britain because the captain thought that his financial backers would like to see an actual Native American. No. He eventually escaped and came back to his homeland in 1614, nine years later. So he spent nine years captive in Britain. Wow. Yes, and that's actually where they say that he might have met Pocahontas. Really? Yes. So that is something that I saw a couple times in my research, was that he may have met Pocahontas. Fun fact. Interesting. Okay. So he's back home nine years later, and I'll be damned, he was kidnapped again. Sold into slavery. Poor dude. Again, only this time it was in Spain. He escapes with the help of a of Spanish monks who really felt like he was in a bad position. Mm-hmm. And he actually lived with them at the monastery for a couple of years until he came back to his homeland again in 1619. Okay. And at that time, he found out that his entire tribe had been wiped out from smallpox. Speaking of diseases. How depressing. So here he is. He got kidnapped. He got kidnapped again. He finally makes it back. His entire tribe's gone from smallpox. So what the fuck are you going to do? What do you do? <laughs> I mean... Well, he ended up living with the Wampanoag tribe, led by Chief Massazoit. So the Wampanoags took him in? Yeah. He kind of became like a servant to Chief Massazoit, though. Oh. He was in his servitude. So it wasn't not... It wasn't like a, you can come over here out of the kindness of my heart because you're literally the it's only person left. like, I'll take you in because you might prove to be valuable, I believe. Well, he is bilingual, so of course that's the reason why he's going to be more valuable. And Chief Massasoit had the Wampanoag tribe to the north, east, and south of Plymouth Colony, where the Narragansett tribe inhabited Rhode Island. The Wampanoag tribe had actually lost about 75% of their people to disease as well. Wow. So they they were tiny, and Massasoit was like, fuck, the Narragansett might attack us, and if, if they do, we've only got... A quarter of what we normally have, we're fucked. What are we going to do to protect my people? So strategically, he decided to try to form an alliance and personal bonds with colonists in hopes of keeping the Narragansett tribe from wiping them out. Squanto, being basically like a servant to Massazoit, was taken as a translator to try to make this deal, and it didn't really work out. The colonists were like, why are we going to protect you? Nah, I, I just don't know about that. So Squanto saw an opportunity, and he was like, you know what? I, I could be free from Massazoit if I offer to stay with the pilgrims, and then I could get them to let me stay by helping them learn to survive the winter, translate and teach them language, and all this stuff. So they were like, you know what? Yeah, that's a good idea. He became a partner of the Pilgrims and was probably the most free he had been in his life. 
at that time. So sad. It is. It really is. Bradford, the governor of Plymouth, wrote in his journal that when fall came, they had an abundant harvest and decided to have a feast. As they were celebrating with all the harvest and wild game they had collected, which it does say something about them having fowl at the first Thanksgiving that we so hear about. segue into the turkey. It would a little bit. But the turkey wasn't necessarily the bird they had. They could It could have been duck. It could have been pheasant. It could have been all kinds of things. But they actually had more deer than huh. turkey. They, they didn't have uh, pumpkin pies. They had... The natives showed them how to make... One of sweet potatoes or yams. Uh, they might have had them. I'm not really sure on that. But I know that the natives taught them how to take a pumpkin squash. It wasn't quite a pumpkin like we know it today. Mm-hmm. But they would take a pumpkin squash and put different things into it, spices and stuff. And they would put it by coals and bake it. And that's kind of what their dessert was. Okay. So as they were celebrating with all this that they had collected, they were playing games and shooting guns. You know, like, that's America for you. <laughs> They didn't have Indians there at this time. It was just them celebrating their harvest. That that was it. The gunfire that was going off alerted the Wampanoag tribe, and they rushed, assuming there was an attack on the colony. So they were like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We gotta get over there, because there's something going on. Like, what the fuck? And then all reality is just these assholes celebrating. Yeah, they were just, oh, hell yeah. We we got all this land. We deserve it. You know, all that shit. (laughs) They weren't invited to the feast, like I said. But once they showed up, the colony was like, hey, you want to... Come have some of this food. Since you're here. Yeah, since you're here, you know, come come join us. It actually lasted about three days. Wow. Yeah. It, it's not really said very often, but that's actually why we have three days off. It's known as a three-day feast. Huh. So that's, uh, that's why to this day, we normally get three days off from work. I know you will. I, I will. Yeah, the more uh, you know. But you've got to keep in mind, this was all a celebration pretty much for wiping out the Pequot tribe. Like, this this was all... Natives were being constantly pushed. Even after this Thanksgiving where they ate together, the natives were still constantly being pushed out by the government for more settlement of English colonies. Like, it didn't fucking stop at Thanksgiving. We still fucked them over. Even though we're supposed to be taught that Thanksgiving was kind of like a uh, kumbaya of us joining forces yes, together in absolutely. this big, great, happy time. So, actually, in 1830, there was the Indian Removal Act by the government, which allowed the removal of indigenous people by the fucking government. They could just say, hey, pack your shit and go. I'm not surprised. Chiefs were forced to sign away their land for almost nothing, and then they had to be relocated to reservations. They were basically like, hey, either you're going to sell us this land for the ship price, or we're going to force you out. You have no choice. You can either live by our rules and convert to an American, or whatever the fuck they were, or you can go off to this land of our choosing, and you can live your way of life. But you're going to live in the land of our choosing. We're taking this land that you've lived on your whole life. So we still have some type of control over you. Oh, yes, absolutely. So that's why I have such a problem with uh, Thanksgiving in general. I mean, I I, I see. (laughs) It's not what I... It's not what I learned no, whenever I was a kid. No, you took all my happy memories of dressing well, up like a pilgrim and doing the little play thing, you know. This this is why we need to get this story out, because we need to stop doing that shit. We need to stop sugarcoating. We need to realize that we came in and fucked up so much shit. Not us personally, but our ancestors. Yeah. And we just need to acknowledge that. That is the first step in the right direction. 
So George Washington was actually the first one who proclaimed a national day of Thanksgiving, encouraging people to get together on the last Thursday of November in 1789 to give thanks for an establishment of a form of government for their safety and happiness. So, this wasn't going to be a yearly thing at this point. This was simply, let's get together on this last Thursday in November in 1789 to give thanks for a form of government for their safety and happiness. That's it. Just one time. It wasn't going to be yearly Was thing. it like for everybody or was it just for It was like for the entire people? nation is what he was thinking. But Congress said that it shouldn't be federal, that it should be up to the state governors while others said it was a Christian celebration and it would make it inappropriate for a government-backed holiday since the separation of church and state. I know I've said it all through high school and I know you've heard me a million times. No matter where anyone's beliefs stand, there is no separation of church and state in America. If you're not a Christian, you're not right. It gets very frustrating to have a country supposedly built on religious freedom as long as it's religious freedom of Christianity. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I disagree with you at all. I mean, no matter where you stand, in, no matter where you stand in your religious beliefs, you should feel like everyone should be able to have their own beliefs. Oh, I agree. I think everybody should be able to so vocalize I don't think what they want and that it shouldn't be capitalized under this one belief. Absolutely. I don't think that we should be promoting so much Christianity as a nation it should be left up to whoever. Yes. However, I have started seeing more about like Ramadan and stuff and calendars and mm -hmm. more recognized. Yeah. So, I mean, if we'll do that, that's one thing. But now Thanksgiving, that, that's a whole different story. That that ain't even about the Christian part of it. That's just about the whole, you massacred a fucking tribe mm -hmm. and then you celebrated it. Well, it actually became an annual event in 1863 because of Abraham Lincoln. He was trying to use it as a symbol of unity for the country due to the Civil War. So he's the one who brought back what happened at the first Thanksgiving. And he's, I don't know if it was him personally, because I thought he was honest Abe, but he's the one who got the <laughs> entire story started of huh. what happened on Thanksgiving. So it was supposed to be a symbol of unity after the Civil War, which the Civil War was still going on for another couple years during this time. But it was to be celebrated on the last Thursday of November every year. After the Civil War, there was a rise of immigrants to the U.S., and Protestants that were already here didn't like that, so they came up with the story of the pilgrims coming earlier than they did, and the natives welcomed them with open arms, and it just went along with the Abraham Lincoln thing, and I, I don't know. I couldn't get super clear answers on all that, but sometime around that, something with Abraham Lincoln and people just not liking immigrants coming in, they came up with the story we know today. You know sugarcoating the fact that we killed a bunch of people to make us look good yeah of course it's history i just something that also fascinates how quickly word was spread you know because it's like nobody really had technology now or then so i mean it's interesting how gossip and the game of telephone still was such a big thing and where it originated oh, yeah. from in terms of one person says this and they go tells another person and then it changes it just it spreads up and then... like wildfire it's crazy it's small world so, in 1939, the last Thursday fell on the last day of November, which made it the fifth Thursday in November, where it was usually the fourth. 
So Franklin Roosevelt, good old Roosevelt, <laughs> was worried that it may shorten the Christmas shopping season. So he proclaimed to move Thanksgiving to the second to last Thursday in November. Just so there could be a longer season to shop. So it kind of goes back to my idea of saying my favorite part really was going to Black Friday. Yeah. Shop. <laughs> so thanks to Roosevelt, you were going to get extra time to shop and spend money and support the businesses around. Thanks, Rosie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this happened for two years. And the problem was it, it confused a lot of people because half of the nation was celebrating on the second to last Thursday in November and the other half was celebrating on the last Thursday in November. That's so confusing. So there were two different Thursdays they were having Thanksgiving. It, it just it wasn't working out. So after two years, Congress set a fixed date passing in the House in 1941 that Thanksgiving was to be declared a federal holiday to be celebrated on the last Thursday in November that was later amended by the Senate to be declared the fourth Thursday in November to account for the years that November had five Thursdays in it. The House agreed and Roosevelt signed it and it went into effect December 26, 1941. Still seems like he kind of got his way. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it was like, wasn't his whole thing like, we want that extra week? Yeah, so, so he's didn't still... he get his way? Yeah, because I'm sitting here counting everything, and I'm like, one, two. <laughs> Does yeah, he, have Thursdays he like got his I'm fucking like, way. He still got his way, yeah. So, of course he signed it. They just changed the wording in it. It did make it easier to tell which Thursday it would be, though. True. That's very true. Because it's kind of helped it stay on a consistent thing. Yeah. So, Thanksgiving as we know it. I think is a joke. If you want to celebrate harvest or just being thankful, that's fine. You have all right to get with your family and go eat pig out on whatever you want to eat. I'm going to, and I'm still going to be thankful for what I have. It's It's got nothing to do with that, but I am not going to sit there and think about the pilgrims and Indians. Right. That That is not a thing. If anything, I'm going to be trying to tell my family about the real history and not these magical stories that people make up. I You can't do that. You got to get the real truth out there. You got to correct the mistakes that our ancestors have made. The first step is to just acknowledge it. Right. We didn't make these mistakes. We can't fix these mistakes. But we can acknowledge they fucking happened. Mm-hmm. And that's the first step to fixing anything. I was going to say, technically, that's beginning to start to fix it. Or, yeah. The beginning of fixing it. There we go. You can't cover up a turd and polish it and expect <laughs> it to still be awesome. Like, it's still shit. All right? That's that's what we got going on. And, you know, all things that are done in the dark will eventually come to light. Facts. So, it's time to bring this to light. Let's uh, Let's get together and tell people about the real Thanksgiving story. Let's get a donation going to the tribes out there, the yeah. the ones who have been fucked over for all these years, centuries. That's what I was going to say, that we should try to, I mean... We, we are, we were talking, me and Tina were talking about it, actually, and you were off getting coffee, I believe. <laughs> but uh, we're going to look for a organization that we can put in our link that if people would like to donate on Thanksgiving or whenever... Mm-hmm. Towards the National Day of Mourning. Okay. Towards these Native American women that are never looked for just because they're Native American. Towards any kind of help that we can give them. Okay. I am completely So we are going to absolutely put that Sweet. in our links. Okay. So 
I will say that my favorite part about Thanksgiving, it doesn't have anything to really do with what Thanksgiving is. It's getting to see the turkeys get pardoned. Turkey getting pardoned. That is my favorite part because my mom and I will always, like my mom will find it ahead of time and every like every Thanksgiving morning I'll text her and I'll say, which turkey got pardoned? Who is it? It's kind of like we have like a... <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> like an I ongoing... Could see, I could see her doing that. <laughs> like that a bracket. <laughs> actually not been a tradition as long as you think. Really? Really. Now there there were turkeys given to presidents for them to eat. <laughs> oh. They typically ended up on the table, or some of the presidents would just let them go. Why but they didn't pardon them. <laughs> well, there, there's more. There's more. Uh, I don't remember what president it was, but I believe one president actually got a raccoon for Thanksgiving or something along those a lines. Raccoon. I wish I would have found more info on that, but I forgot to look it up. Huh. But there was one time that a president did not get a turkey. However, the official presidential pardon of the turkey did come about. From the raccoon? Not from the raccoon. From good old George H. Bush. George Sr. Really? Yes, he was the first one to publicly pardon the turkey. So yeah, it really hasn't been that long. No. I thought this has been like a... I was just reminded about the raccoon. It may have been President Taft. President Taft. Yes, and he was very eccentric, so it very well may that have is been. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. That's really cool. But yes, uh, it was George Bush Sr. that started the presidential pardon, and it has been done every year since. So that makes me think, since it's not like a mandatory thing, so there, I'm, I'm just saying hypothetically speaking here, a president could eventually say, no, nah, you know what, I don't want to feel like pardoning turkey, we're just going to like have it, a massacre. It kind of became a tradition for the presidents to let them go, like a, which is how a it became a pardon. Okay, yeah. okay. So, I mean, Good. at first they were eating them, and then they were like, oh, we're going to let them go, and then it became a pardon thing, so. Okay, well, I'm glad to know that nobody's going to ever ruin my favorite Hopefully, part hopefully not. Not, but like I said, it is a tradition, so we could get someone in there that could just be like, you know what, stick a fork in it, let's cook this motherfucker. <laughs> so, speaking of which, there is a movie that I I love to watch. I let Tina watch it about two years ago, and it's hard to find sometimes. It's a B movie. It's awful. It's called Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing. Yes, I highly encourage everybody to try to find this movie and I can watch it. Feel my eye roll. Or, uh, know, do my not eyes watch it not with kids. Do not watch it with kids. There's a lot of cussing and sexual references of in course. it. <laughs> you just got stuffed. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's this killer turkey. Okay, I kind of want to see. It's it. this killer turkey, and fair warning, he does rape in it a little. It's absolutely hilarious, though. It's an awful, awful B-movie. The acting is subpar. It's great. You should check it out. If you need a good, funny Thanksgiving movie, there you go. Well, here comes my palate cleanser. <laughs> the one that I watch every year is the Thanksgiving Charlie Brown version. Oh, of course. Every freaking year. Of course. Every year. That's another one of those polished stories that we get. <laughs> you watch the fake shit. Yes, yes, you have to <laughs> well, watch. Well, I guess a killing turkey is pretty fake, too. Well, I mean, exactly, you know, I have to have some type of brightness where, you know, because my favorite part is watching Snoopy and Woodstock in the kitchen, and Snoopy's trying to fix the toast and the popcorn and the jelly beans, and Woodstock, has, they have like this little system, and Woodstock actually accidentally puts butter on Snoopy's ear and throws it on oh the toaster. Oh my god. That's, and see, my my favorite part of Thanksgiving <laughs> is whenever the turkey looks at this chicken and goes, huh, nice tits, bitch. <laughs> it's, 
is quite different than Charlie Brown. I was going to say completely, <laughs> completely different. Oh, well, I guess that's it for today. That's a great way to exit. <laughs> if you celebrate your Thanksgiving with family, have fun, be safe, don't kill each other. Please, there's plenty of violence that goes on throughout this season. And be we careful don't want to hear about you. Cooking your turkey, too. Yes, be careful. Deep frying turkeys is not a joke. Make sure they are not frozen. They will blow up. So have fun, be safe, and if you're recognizing the National Day of Mourning, we stand with you. And we will post links, as Shelby said. They'll be in our socials, and I'll make sure that they are in the show notes for today's episodes. Um, Also, while we're still kind of somewhat talking and exiting out on business, I'm going to continue to try to repost it to kind of bring it back up for awareness. But um, you and I, outside of recording, we're talking about like nicknames for our listeners. Yes. And we had also discussed listener tales. Yes. And so that's something else that I'm going to continue to try to advertise. But... But, if uh, we can get enough people out there to talk to us, absolutely. Yes, yes, because we've had a few of you guys talk to us and like mention things about the stories that we've talked about. And don't think that you're not going to be heard because we don't have that many people talking <laughs> to us yet. We really don't, but we're so, very thankful for everybody who messages. does. But um, if you guys would like to, you know, the ones of you guys who know us or, you know, anybody who's on our social pages um, to comment of like which name you want to be called. I think Shelby and I had nar- narrowed it down I'd, to being. I'd come up with oddballs. And my mom had said, what was it? Macabre. The macabre mob. Macabre and I mob. actually personally like macabre mob better. Uh, but. <laughs> and I will say, and this is something else to kind of fuel everybody to <laughs> vote. My mom told me that I had to agree that if macabre mob won, I have to take her out for brunch. Well, then so, I think macabre. Mob needs to win. <laughs> I think you should take her out for brunch anyway. Maybe you can uh, take her out for a nice brunch. A nice brunch. Oh, yeah. She's already has the place set up and everything. Oh, I'm sure it'll be a pretty she, penny. She, oh, <laughs> she's worth it, though. But, she you is. Know. But that's another thing is if you guys want to send us some listeners, you know, listener hey, we, tales. We can call them either oddball stories or the mob stories the macabre mob stories whatever it's just going to be stories that you guys send in to us that yes. you want to hear it's uh give us a break from our research for a minute right <laughs> we also, put in a lot of time also if you want to send them please send them to our email and our email is what shelby all things macabre.pod at gmail.com that is all things macabre pod at gmail.com i love it when you do that i love doing it <laughs> You need to hire me for radio out there. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you guys write into our email, please put in there, you know, like macabre stories or, you know, listener tales or whatever you want to say. Whatever you want to call it. And we'll we'll figure it out. And we'll figure it out. We'll kind of see what the common theme is and then we'll stick with that. I think that was the only thing that I had. So we're talking about donations and we'll post that on social. To a Native American organization. Yes, absolutely. And then... Listener stories if anybody has them. And then voting for Oddballs or Oddballs Macabre Oddballs or Macabre Mob. And you're taking your mom out to brunch either I'll take way. Him out. Yes, yes. <laughs> she, she won't know it until this episode airs. <laughs> so you guys let us know what's up. Let us know if you like the real story of Thanksgiving. And until next time, I guess we'll see you. Be careful eating your turkeys. Gobble, gobble. All research is done by Shelby Hudgens, Courtney Pilant, and Tina Collins. A special thanks to Tina Collins for managing us, and we are a lot to manage. All social media is linked in the description below. Be sure to follow us, and don't forget to leave a rating on wherever you get your podcast. 
If you have an interesting topic that you'd like to hear on our podcast, please email it to allthingsmacabre.pod at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Did this episode make you say, what the fuck?